Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is Father Nathan with the one and only Floloff, Flolo, Father Michael O'Loughlin. Always changing. Always changing. If you pick one. If you have any ideas for a good nickname, <laughs> mine was Natty Ice for a long time. I don't even know how to answer emails anymore. I put Olo, and then someone writes me an email when you guys with a whole different name. So I answer but it's with got, that. It's got to be like changes. It's you have to include the father in there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that what that's from? Yeah. I thought because because I flowed so well, like Father Michael O'Loughlin, Flolo through life. Okay, I like it. Flo-lo. Yeah, I'll start using that. Flolo. Anyways, okay. So many of you have have confessed that you're fast-forwarding through the banter, okay? And that's fine. If you want to just get to the meat of it, whatever. You're just going to miss some sweet stuff that we're going to talk about. So if you want to fast-forward to the topic now, go ahead. Losers. Losers. All right, so here uh, we're going to start with a shout-out, all right? So you can you can fast-forward because you're just going to miss the shout-out, okay? But who's the shout-out from? I'm not going to tell them. Okay. I'm not Because if they're going to fast-forward, they're going to miss it, okay? You want to be like that? <laughs> yeah. You want to just get to the meat of it? Fine. Your loss. Your loss. Exactly. We're having an awesome time. Yeah. Enjoy your life. Dearest Natty Ice and Floloff, knowing how responsible Gobel is with shoutouts and email at large and how ADD Olo is, I don't have much hope this will ever make a recording. Furthermore, thank you for not subjecting us yet to an endless stream of topics better entitled liturgical crap we shouldn't know. <laughs> that was totally directed at you. <laughs> Yeah, it was, okay? And this guy's lucky that I'm actually reading it, okay? With that being said, a quick story from last weekend. I arrived in Assisi on Saturday morning, exhausted and feeling isolated in a new town, already coming off two weeks off my solo Euro tour. Hearing loud Americans in front of the Basilica San Francesco and and now being that vagabond who talks to everyone, I met the group who happened to be a focused mission trip of students from across the country. When I mentioned I was from Colorado, this girl asked, do you know the Catholic stuff you should know, guys? To which I responded, yeah, I've heard of them. When I told them that I was one of them, they flipped out, especially Anna Fata, who is an awesome fan and very deserving of a shout out. God uses mission trips in different ways, and this group may not know what the presence of joy and love they diffused just from being themselves to people like this American priest who are in real need of it. Grazie per tutti, um, Don Giovanni Nepal. Father John Nepple. So, um, uh, the dig about liturgical crap you shouldn't know is uh, low blow, John. Low blow. Okay. So, yeah. There you go. You Shout got- out to them for, for, for loving the guy that we're used to loving on. So Yeah, I guess. For taking care of our guy. I give a shout there. out to those people, not to Father John. <laughs> Freaking email me with a shout out request and then make me read it on the air. That actually denigrates me. That was really passive aggressive, actually. He he got you to do it by saying you probably wouldn't. Oh, he knows. You, you got that right. He yeah, knows yeah. the buttons. He knows the buttons. Meanwhile, I just want to let John know that uh, we're having an awesome time here in uh, in America, drinking one of the seven bottles of Maker's Mark Mint Julep mix that I currently have in my liquor cabinet, yes. which has now begun a new cabinet. It's so. And now you, you told me earlier you're not supposed. This isn't supposed to be in Colorado, right? We're well, doing yeah, legal. it's not. So when I went down to Paducah, Kentucky, for my um, for the fishing trip with my dad, um, 
I knew it was around the same time as when they begin, Maker's Mark begins distributing their mint julep mix, which is only made for the Kentucky Derby. Nice. So I go into a restaurant or go, go into a liquor store and find it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to get four bottles because by then I knew that John was leaving. And I was like, we're going to have it for his going away party. It'll be awesome. Whatever else. Take it home. And then um, I'm like, okay, dad, just send it out to me. You know, I don't know why I didn't just pack it up and and put it on the plane with me because I was flying Southwest, but whatever. Well, then um, find out later that it's illegal to transport liquor across state lines. Mm. So my dad was like, I can't do it. So we looked into it. And if you want to know what you can do, and I didn't do this, but you can just mark on there because they're going to see that it's liquid because they ask you, is there anything liquid in here? You say, yeah, it's very expensive balsamic vinegar or <laughs> olive oil or bath soap or something like that. And then they'll look at it and just be like, liquid, okay, send it through, you know? Um, and there's always confession. There's always confession. But instead, um, my dad um, found uh, our neighbors, uh, Tom and Marianne Beck, were coming out to Colorado. Uh, they're parishioners at my home parish. And they uh, drove it all the way out here in an extremely cramped car. So they had five people's stuff in a very small Chrysler, and they drove all the way out to Colorado and and gave me the four and gave me the three bottles. One of the bottles stayed behind. I'm not saying anything. I just <laughs> noticed there was only three bottles. And then um, I had mentioned to another lady when she was going to Kentucky, if you can bring me back a bottle. So the Buck family from Golden, uh, who I've known since before I entered uh, seminary. Um, they brought out four bottles from uh, Kentucky. So right now I have seven. So God bless you, Buck family. God bless you, Buck family. So, so John, while you're having an awesome time and enjoying your shout out, we're, uh, we're enjoying a little mint julep on your behalf. So thanks again. If that hasn't put you in a state um, of depression, this topic might also uh, be of interest to you because today we're talking about Desolation. Oh, if you fast forwarded the banter, now is the time to. Uh, That's right. Hit play. Yeah, if you want to, if you want fast forward, now is when I'm actually going to get to the topic, which isn't going to be that interesting. So once you realize that it's not Father John, maybe you don't even want to listen. We'll make it interesting. Whatever. All right. So um, first confession. Right. A lot of people have been asking me, which I appreciate. Um, how are you doing since Father John's leaving? And um, hence the topic. Hence the topic. So I will say that um, I miss my friend. I miss my kind of just, we did almost, it was like my Charlie Wheeler. When I grew up, Charlie Wheeler and I did everything. I called Charlie Wheeler at 10 in the morning and we were together until like, you know, whenever it was, 11 o'clock at night. And um, John and I rocked it and all the companions are missing him. Uh, But a lot of my friends are just, they just know that we had a special closeness and everything. So so they're asking, how are you doing? And I'm like, actually, I'm doing pretty good. I'm so still. I'm so sorry. Like, it's like, you know, your ex-girlfriend, you know, she wants to know, like, are you doing a really bad, you know, like, are you sad, you know, since <laughs> I've been gone? And I'm like, actually, you know, I'm doing great. You know, like, th- things are good. I'm working well at the parish and, you know, everything else. So um, the first thing to say is, I think that God has brought consolation when John left. Because I was really thinking, I'm going to go into a tailspin, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm not missing you, Johnny. I miss you, baby. 
but um, right now I'm in a good place. Okay. Amen. It's not going to stay that way. Right. <laughs> so I might as well prepare now for what's coming. Um, and that's uh, desolation. Okay. So I want to just go through a couple points from this amazing article um, that I read uh, that was recommended to me months ago by uh, our spiritual father, Father Raymond Garansky, um, on it's, it's on learning from desolation. So the first thing is, what would you categorize Flolo as desolation? Desolation. You got a, you got a definition that you operate off of? I, I don't. I can make one up really quick, though. Well, I'm not sure there is one that's Byzantine. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, there's some Byzantine elements to this we're going to get to. We can edit this, right? Insert no, Byzantine definition here. <laughs> Becca, <laughs> insert, editing it, yeah. insert really intelligent comment here. I wish we could do that. We can't do that. Nice okay. try. All right. So desolation. Um, a lot of people think desolation is just like, I feel like crap and I don't feel good and I don't, I don't, I'm just not in a good place right now. No. You know, that, that's desolation. Yeah. Okay. Um, for a lot of people, that's like every time it rains. Or every time, you know, like they don't get what they want, they just kind of throw a fit. Right. Ignatius, St. Ignatius, in his Rules for Discernment, does not describe desolation as that. He describes it as, quote, a darkness of the soul, turmoil of the mind, inclination to low and earthly things, restlessness resulting from many disturbances and temptations which lead to a loss of faith, loss of hope, and loss of love. When the soul finds itself completely apathetic, tepid, sad and separated as it were from its creator and lord hmm. so if you remember homestar runner you ever listen to that no watch that, that? Is. what sorry okay uh the early 2000s were apparently like you know not important <laughs> i was in seminary yeah so there's this there's this uh cartoon online cartoon called okay. homestar runner and one of the characters in there is called strong sad and oh. strong sad is constantly apathetic, tepid, sad, and separated, as it were, from its creator and Lord. Hmm. Um, so the image for desolation is kind of, for me, strong, sad. You kind of feel like just this larbage. You don't want to do anything. Um, everything's bad. Um, everything's going to be bad forever. And it's not necessarily a good place. Right. Okay? Um, but desolation doesn't happen because uh, we are... I don't know, emotionally imbalanced or something like that. Hmm. Consolation and desolation can come and go, right? Like, yeah. I mean, are you mostly in consolation? Roller coaster. Roller coaster, yeah. right? Well, you know me, I am, but that's... Yeah, that's, he, he went to Steubenville. My bad. He went to Steubenville. To... <laughs> he went to Steubenville. Instead of a, a Bachelor of Arts, they just gave them perpetual consolation certificates. <laughs> so, uh, so sometimes you're happy. Sometimes you feel the presence of God. Sometimes it's like, I don't know where God is. Yeah. You know? Um, there's a psalm, uh, Psalm 30, if you remember. Your favor had set me on a mountain fastness, and then you hid your face, and I was put to confusion. Okay. You remember that? I do. Your favor had set me on a mountain fastness, then you hid your face, mm. and I was put to confusion. Things can be going great. Things can be awesome. God is real. God is present. Um, I'm excited to be a Christian. I'm willing to lay my life down, all these things. And then everything changes in a New York minute. Yeah. Ooh, woo. Ooh, woo. Do you know that song? I don't. Come on, dude. I'm sorry. I gotta get on your I gotta get on your playlist or something. Figure out what, what songs you listen to. Yeah, just make me a playlist and I'll there you go. I'll be up to date. But like everything changes and then you're just like everything's garbage. God is God is gone. 
I'm alone, and I'll always be alone. Okay. Why does desolation happen? Any any suggestions? Well, I think that that's the problem with me always being in consolation is that I, I'm, a, I'm a baby. I'm like, God is giving me consolation because consolation is a pure gift from our Lord, right? It's a pure gift from God. So if I'm, if I'm getting that, then I'm, I'm a baby, spiritual infant. That's right. That's nothing to be proud of. No, it's good. I no, mean, like... No, I'm sad. Strong sad. Strong sad. <laughs> now I just... Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> um, I just put Father Michael O'Loughlin in desolation. ever. Great. This is going to be an interesting ride home. <laughs> Okay, so there's multiple causes for desolation. A lot of people think that consolation is the normal, like, mean of the spiritual life. Mm. That's where you should be. On your car, you have, like, a cold and a hot gauge on your thermostat. Mm. You should be right in the middle, and in the middle is consolation. And then everything else is bad. If you're too cold, that's bad. If you're too hot, that's bad. Goldilocks. Yeah, exactly. And the reality is sometimes... Sometimes we can sense the presence of God and really feel like strengthened by his grace. And sometimes we don't feel that. Um, But there are multiple reasons why that should happen. Okay. So desolation can happen for these three reasons, as St. Ignatius says. The first cause is due to our own fault. Okay. My fault, my fault, my most grievous fault. When do we get, when do we fall into desolation? When we are tepid, slothful, or negligent in our spiritual exercise. And so through our own fault, the spiritual consolation is withdrawn from us. If you don't pray and you don't fast and you don't like try to live the moral life, you're probably not going to feel so hot, especially if you know that that's something that brings you life. It's a lack of good in your life. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of people that they have absolute, they live in mortal sin. They they live in an arena of mortal sin and they have no idea that they're called to, to anything greater. The devil doesn't have to do anything with them. He just leads them from one sin to another, and that's just what they do, you know? We're going out on Friday night, we're going to get hammered, we're going to play bags in the morning, and then we're going to get hammered again. You know, like, he doesn't have to tell them, God doesn't have, or the the devil doesn't have to say, um, you know, you should think about, like, having a huge breakfast burrito and drinking the rest of that keg. It's just like, that's just what you do. Yeah, We got to finish it. We got to tap it. We got to empty it. That's just what we're going to do. So if you're not if you're not even in tune with the spiritual life, you're not you're not going to experience consolation. You're not going to know what consolation even feels like because you're you're filling yourself with your own consolations. Right. But or the devil's filling you with consolation to keep you there. False consolations. Yeah, exactly. False consolations. False. So for the person who has given themselves over to the spiritual life, um, they can they can fall into desolation through their own fault. Because they they just say, I'm going to stop living the Christian life. And then they start to feel like garbage. Mm. That's, I mean, if you want to listen to that, listen to the Catholic guilt one that we did. Mm. Because a lot of people feel guilt, but they that's natural. They should feel guilt because right. they're not doing it. Okay, so you stop practicing the spiritual life, you enter into desolation. The second reason is so that, quote, God may try to test our worth and the progress that we have made in his service and praise when we are without such generous rewards of consolation and special graces. So God sends desolation as kind of a way of saying, what are you attached to? Do you like, do you like the feelings or do you love me? Mm. Frankly, I think if I was like you, I would, I'd take that hands down, you know. If I could feel awesome all the time, not that you do yeah. feel awesome all the time, but you look it, you know. Really? Yeah. Um, but if you're just 
if you're just riding one, you know, uh, gravy train of biscuit wheels to another, you know, it's like, that's, that's great. You know, I don't need anything else. I don't even really need God. Just let it ride. You know, that's the problem. I don't need God. Yeah. 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 Box cars. Temptation. Box cars. Have you ever, um, you ever played craps? No, I've seen it done. Yeah. Me. Well, kind of me neither, but Jake Schneider, who's a seminarian, he said like, he would always, you know, like somehow in craps, like you would hope for box cars. Was that sixes? Those are sixes. Ah, yeah. So okay. you just you just hope for box cars, okay. you know, because then, um, then like you're just letting it ride, letting it ride, and you're just winning, winning, winning. But it's not you're not in relationship. It's just about just keep the keep the good stuff coming. Yeah. You know. Um, so God will send desolation to kind of say, whoa, 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 what are you interested in? You know, and I'm going to test you. Like, like Job. It's to get us off the couch. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But also uh, to say, um, will you love me even if I don't give you what you want? Yeah. And that, that that's more than just a test because as we don't want to think of God as always like testing us as if he doesn't know how we're going to respond or hasn't prepped mm-hmm. us for the test. But it's a, it's, it's a test in a sense that actually gets us to move and gets us to mature. Yeah. Because we desire, maybe we don't even know we didn't desire a, a deeper relationship with our Lord because it felt like it was being fulfilled, but it was completely one-sided and we were immature in it and we can't handle real adult problems. Hmm. But if he tests us in this way and kind of shows us what the real situation is without carrying us, and then we're going to say, I actually want to follow you, Lord. I want to get up and yes, put the work into this because it's worth it. Yeah. Amen. And when you, when you get that feeling of desolation, it's a time where you should say, I've got to return back to the things that got me here. You know, you got to go back to the to the basics. Yeah. Praying, fasting, uh exercising moral discipline, um exercising some kind of um control over one's, you know, feelings, emotions, um intake, you know, media, right. whatever else. The last one is this. The third cause is to give us quote true knowledge and understanding so that we may truly perceive that it is not within our power to acquire or retain great devotion, ardent love, tears, or any other spiritual consolation, but that all of this is a gift and grace of God our Lord. Nor does God wish us to claim as our own what belongs to another, allowing our intellect to rise up in a spirit of pride or vainglory, attributing to ourselves the devotion or other aspects of spiritual consolation. So then what God does in that is he allows desolation for a time to say, um, you don't make it rain. Hmm. You don't, you don't, you don't bring around true consolation. Sorry. I thought that make it rain was a different reference, but stop, stop it. (laughs) But like, if you, if you just eat a whole package of almond joys, which I've done on silent retreat, okay, you can get some semblance of consolation. This tastes good. This feels good. I'm full. Um, I don't have to worry about anything else. Nobody's forcing me into manual labor, etc. I just get the sweet, delectable goodness of almond and coconut. Okay? That's not going to last. Right. It's not going to last. And the true consolation for which we long can only come from God. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord. Only for you. These other things, I can try to fill for a time, you know, like when the Cardinals win, I go to bed a happy man, you know, 
Dave Goble, when he finishes, you know, the listening session to Mike Shannon on KMOX and realizes it's another Redbird win, he can go to sleep and be happy. But if that's all that he's living for, well, then it's going to be an empty life when they do lose. Right. And that's rare, folks. That's very rare. <laughs> At least this season. Yeah. Um, so uh, so then in, in Desolation, God kind of creates this desert and he says, now you have to you have to pray for rain. You got to pray for the return of consolation. The beauty of that, too, is that I like that example that you said, because if we attach ourselves, I mean, this is the scriptural reference to, you know, if you lay up your treasure in heaven, we're moth and, you know, nobody can steal it, nobody uh-huh. can eat it, et cetera. There, there's, if we attach ourselves to the things that truly cannot be taken away from us, if we're attached to a baseball team and how well they do, then that can be taken away from us with a bad coach, bad game, whatever, you know, yeah. and we're, we're literally being our, 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 our happiness, our joy is dependent upon something we cannot control. And those, those are small goods that we can enjoy. But, but if we attach ourselves to those, then in a sense, de- desolation just makes sense. Why wouldn't I, I be not be content? Um, I, I have more dignity than to let things outside of my control affect me that much. And so desolation should come if I've attached myself to things that, that can and will be taken away because I, I, I do not want to stay there in the deepest parts of my being. And yeah. so I, I need to kind of feel this, this is unfulfilled. This is unfulfilling. I need to do something else. And that's where the, the step comes to say, you know, maturity is, is growth. Maturity is, is change and, and constant growth in the process of holiness. Yeah. And part of it too is that, we can't we can't grow in holiness except through God's kind of grace. Right. And um, we can make efforts and we can dispose ourselves to that action. And even while it doesn't appear that God's grace is coming, we're already strengthening ourselves for when it comes. Right. Um, so what this what this um, article is saying, and I, I do want to make sure that I quote this guy, it's learning from desolation by Father Andrew Garcia uh, S.J. So if you look up, I think it's New Jesuit Review. Um, so Andrew Garcia, Father Andrew Garcia, SJ, Learning from Desolation. Excellent article. Uh, that way you don't think, you know, like we're making all this stuff up um, or we sound smarter than we actually are. I'm really just <laughs> reading what he's what he's written, um, kind of breaking it down. But um, for us, we need to strengthen ourselves for the return of consolation. We can't... We can't make God's favor come back to us, um, but we can strengthen ourselves to say, "Lord, without you, I'm a f- I'm I'm a mess, you know, and right. and I need you." And that doesn't mean you just need to be this sorry sack, just like lying around, just like until you come back, Lord, I'm not going to do anything. You get up, get on your knees, and begin to live the Christian life and continue the Christian life and say. Um, until such time that you return, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for you. I'm not going to just like throw my life away because, you know, you're not around. Yeah. And to Byzantinize this, this is one of the reasons why we fast so much. Mm-hmm. Because when you fast, what, I mean, we have four fasts in the year instead of one in the Byzantine church. And so when we fast, we're saying, I don't want, if, if I'm in a time of preparation for an upcoming feast, not in the feast, but I'm preparing for the feast, if I'm in that time, I don't want my brain and my spirit to be in a time of anticipation and my body to be completely fulfilled because yeah. then our, our body and our spirit are fighting against each other. Mm-hmm. So if I say, 
I don't want my body to think that I'm in a time of luxury in a time of feast because I'm not. I, I'm awaiting something, you know, Maranatha from, from Revelation. Come, Lord Jesus. If, if I'm anticipating heaven, anticipating a, a certain experience of heaven in the feast, if I'm anticipating that, I want my body to feel need just like my spirit does. My, my spirit is anticipating the feast. My body should feel some lack. And then when we fast, our body is feeling lack. We're like, I need a burger today, right? That That, that is a... I'm, I'm missing something. My body is missing something. That's a good feeling because then we're saying I'm anticipating something the good that's going to come. If we're forming our own consolation, which like you said, Father Nathan, is, is a false consolation, then we are, are deceiving ourselves about even what consolation is. And so there, there is a sense I know where desolation can be as it should be fruitful, extremely fruitful. And it can be fruitful. And I think some people think if I'm in desolation, it's bad. Right. And almost everybody thinks that. that yeah. That's an issue. And I thought... I. I continue to think that sometimes, right. um, but I remember specifically, like you know, feeling all these things and just saying I shouldn't feel this way. Right. And 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 actually, the time of desolation can be a wonderful time to strengthen one's resolve to say I follow the Lord, and I don't follow like the eternal vending machine, where whenever I want something, I just grab the vending machine and press the buttons, and then I get what I want. Right. That's not true. That's not good. That's not beautiful, and that's not relationship. Right. Um, so what what should one do in desolation? Um, this is what Ignatius says. In time of desolation, and we've said this, if you listen to the uh, Rules of Discernment, or yeah, this Rules of Discernment podcast, uh, we've talked about this, but I think it's important to review. In times of desolation, we should never make any change, but remain firm and constant in the resolution and decision which guided us in the, uh, the day before the desolation. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Though in desolation, we must never change our former resolutions. It will be very advantageous to intensify our activity against the desolation. We can insist more upon prayer, upon meditation, and on much examination of ourselves. We can make an effort in a suitable way to do some penance. Um, so part of it is, um, we know that consolation will return, but we can't make him do it right now. And throwing a hissy fit isn't going to help. So part of it is just, I mean, man up, for lack of a better word, man up and do what you need to do. Fight against the powers that kind of uh, are saying, God's never coming back. You're screwed. Like the spiritual life is over. You must have done something wrong. Um, And that's not, that's not helpful. You know, that's the beauty of a structured prayer life is because you can actually measure to see if you're if you're keeping up with it. So if if I'm if I'm learning from the church liturgy of the hours, if I'm learning the church holy hour, you know, receiving the sacraments regularly, these are very specific things that in a time of consolation, it they probably come to us kind of organically. Oh, I want to pray. It's easy. I want right. to receive the, it, it, I'm so holy, right? I, I want to do things that are yeah. good. As soon as, like you said, desolation hits, all of a sudden, we, we have a way to test if we're still keeping up with the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. If I spend my holy hour just in agony, right, and I still spend 60 minutes or whatever I, my spiritual director tells me, half an hour, 10 minutes, whatever it is, mm-hmm. if I spend that entire time in just agony, but I've given the time and the space and the energy to our Lord, that is the proper thing to do in desolation. Mm-hmm. If I just feel absolutely abandoned, I'm not going to come up with any new creative space you know, aspects of my spiritual life. I'm not going to say, oh, I'll, I'll bring this aspect of prayer in because I feel I'm in desolation. But if I have those specific things, 
that I can do. I, I shared with you earlier, Father Nathan, that my, when my father had a heart attack recently and he thought he was going to die. And and when he was, my mom was literally calling 911. And while he was laying there thinking he was dying, he was just praying the Our Father over and over and over yeah. again. And he told me later on, he says, I thought I was going to die. And I, I felt bad because I was so ineloquent, right? That I, I, wasn't, I wasn't speaking to our Lord like I want to at the moment of my death. But I was like, Dad, thank God you had the Our Father memorized. I mean, I mean, right. literally, the, the, in a moment like that, you can't be creative, you know, you can't be eloquent, but the church has given us a certain structure right. so that in desolation or at the moment of death, what we think God, thank God it wasn't, but at the moment of the death, we, we can say the church has taught me, I mean, the whole, our father, our Lord taught us that. Yeah. I can keep up the structure and I can actually test myself to see if in desolation I'm keeping up my conversation with our Lord, even if I'm not hearing as much as I do in consolation, yeah. I'm still keeping the conversation going. And 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 the, the reality of the objective goodness of what I'm doing, when I'm back in consolation, I'll be able to look back and say, that's what sustained me. Even if I didn't feel it at the time, that I, I kept up the relationship, kept up the conversation with our Lord when I wasn't hearing anything back from him. And I think maybe we talked about this before on an earlier podcast, but there's the story of Philip Neary where... St. Philip Neri was up in the balcony of this church, and he sees a guy come in to make uh, an hour of prayer. And the guy is just fidgeting and just frustrated, and he can tell that, like, the guy's not receiving anything. But he's faithful and committed, and then the bell rings, and the guy stands up and genuflects, and Philip Neri just starts clapping. <laughs> because he can Amen. tell this guy made an effort even when it wasn't easy. Yeah, And when, when it's easy, it's easy, and... It's just, you know, you're just riding the gravy train. Yeah. So great. Isn't the spiritual life wonderful? It's so easy to follow God. And then all of a sudden, like, things don't go your way. God withdraws his presence. And then it's like, um, this is not fun anymore. I don't want to do it. Well, uh, are you going to grow if, if that's, that's a way that yeah. you kind of approach the spiritual life? I mean, anybody who's in athletics, which, as John pointed out before, I am not. <laughs> um, but, like, you have to have some discipline around kind of practice and, and strengthening yourself yeah. so that, like, when the time comes, you're prepared, yeah. you know? And even more so, like, the weakness that you feel is, is a way of saying, I, I'm totally emptied. And what, what this guy, uh, this Father Garcia finishes with is this image of a reservoir, which when it's full of water is like full of life and abundant with, you know, fish and birds and everything else. But then in a time of drought, that water goes away. And then all those things that naturally were happening are gone. Mm. Okay. Does that mean that it's not a good place, that it's now a desolate place and it's now a painful place? Yeah. But um, it also is purifying because when the rain does come back, you realize, I longed for God and not for any sensible feeling of God, not for any kind of control over God. I longed for him to come back and, and fill the empty space in me. Mm. But then you actually outline, this is the space that I want to create for God. You hollow a place, you empty a place, and then you can say, Lord, I want nothing but you. Yeah, that's a good that's a good place to be in in desolation. And the eastern part of this article, and this is what I want to finish with, is uh, Garcia says the answer to how to reap spiritual benefits from desolation comes from the Christian no notion of penthos. 
He gets Penthos from, Blessed are they that mourn from the Beatitudes, for they shall be comforted. Gregory of Nyssa writes that Penthos is a state of sadness of the soul caused by the privation of something desired. Mm -hmm. So Penthos is kind of like, um, you really feel the pain, the compunction of, um, I want God, and I'm sorry that I don't have God right now, right? Yeah. Is there yeah. is there a better definition for Penthos? No, that's good, because the, the Penthos is what we need to have, because we tend at that moment to, to try to fill up that lack with something else other than God, and that's when the devil has his victory. And that, that that's exactly the temptation and desolation. I mean, yes. that, that's when we turn to the the easy pleasures, and that's yep. and that's not what to do. Rather, kind of thrive in that penthos, thrive in the in the lack that only God can fulfill, and just let that lack be there, but handle it as gracefully as you can through consistency. So the there's a restaurant, and I just I just realized this reading the article. So um, there's a restaurant on the the California one. If you're driving down from Carmel to Big Sur, yeah. um, there's a restaurant called Nepenthe, which is where we always stop, get some chai tea, overlook the, the whales, um, and eat some you know scones nice. or some pie with Father Goronsky. What is Nepenthe? Not Penthos. And Nepenthe is defined as uh, a drug in Homer's Odyssey that oh my gosh i can't even read my own writing i know i know the feeling ah it's like from it prevents one from feeling from feeling feeling pain and kind of the the pains of life hmm. um you just it's like an opiate right like you don't feel you don't feel sorrow you don't feel anything else you just feel uh, like well you check out and that's what a lot of people want to do they just want to totally check out yeah. all right nepenthe here we go what? Thank God for technology. Ah, it just, it uploaded. Crap. Oh. Anyways. Um, ah, so it, it, it's, it's an escape. It's an escape, it, yeah. which is nice. Nepenthe is a great place to go. I like, you know, going there, seeing the ocean, you know, drinking the chai tea. Yeah. But if I want God and all I'm filling myself up with is chai tea and whales and the ocean and everything else... There's going to be an emptiness yeah. because we are made for more than just the beauty of sensible things. Yeah. Um, and so Nepenthe is not willing to suffer the pain and the passion. Mm. Um, so through the passion, we actually find the new life of the resurrection. And consolation can be a foretaste of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. But if we're just looking for the resurrection without the, without the crucifixion, beware because as I can't remember who it was saying, but like if you see Jesus without the wounds, run because it's mm. not Jesus. Yeah. So uh, when you're in desolation, uh, gird your loins um, and you know stand fast. Man, re return to discipline and 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 look at the dry land and say, Lord, without you, there's no life. Mm. There's no life in my soul. But I don't want life without you. I don't want fake water. I don't want to just like live in the hothouse of, of um, I don't know, fake consolations or something like Amen. that. So that's it. Shout outs, you got any? Uh, yes. Uh, actually, my uh, my ten year old niece has been the only honest one when I did the uh, the first podcast on yeah. hanging with hedonists. What'd she say? I said, "How'd you like it, Shaylee?" And she says, 
it was good. And then she paused and goes, it was kind of hard to follow. Yeah. And I was like, God bless you, little one. Thank Sorry. you. I love you. Well, that was me. That wasn't you. That was all me. Well. So shout, shout out to uh, little Shady Lachlan, my, my first niece. Yeah. God bless her. And shout out to the loom clock that we ignored. Yeah, I um, by the way, whoever sent us the cuckoo clock, I did finally set that up, set that up, but I didn't put it in here because um, it's it would totally dominate. Like it goes on for like two and a half minutes. <laughs> um, so thank you. I, I really don't know who sent us this. So Father John asked for another shout out. Um, hey Father John, thanks for the quick reply. I hope you're having fun up in Siena. We didn't have enough to get up there, but I've heard how beautiful it is. My wife's name is Megan Gropman, and we have a little girl named Gemma. Uh, they would love a shout out. Thank you so much from Andrew Gropman. So John was asking for another shout out. Gemma, and like Gemma Galgani. Yeah, I guess Amen. so. Good saint. Last one, Father Garrett Kaw, who is uh, a new pastor in uh, uh, near well Madison, Wisconsin, but he's not in Madison. I can't remember where he was. He said that at Camp Gray, the counselors uh, from Camp Gray and Reedsburg. Wisconsin, listen to the podcast. So to give them a shout out and a congrats to Father Garrett for becoming a new pastor. Yay! Yay! That that didn't seem that. to be very excited. Well, I remember my own. That was that was wonderful for me. High points of my life. All right, you'll see. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right, now I'm in desolation, and he's still in consolation, and I'm Father Nathan signing off. Uh, Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, anything else? Uh, no. God bless y'all. Later. Thanks for listening. <laughs>